I want to preface this by saying by no means do we think that we have it all together. We are not up here as experts in ministry, um, but they've been chosen today to share their hearts and, and thoughts on what it's like to be women in ministry. Um, but we're not perfect. We love Jesus passionately. Um, so just to say that, these, these are precious women that do not claim to have it all together, but they do seek after Jesus and want to honor him. So I'm excited to hear. But I'm going to have each of these ladies just share a little bit about how long you've been in ministry and who your husband is and your name and anything else you want to share. Hey friends, I'm Jen Rogers, if I haven't gotten to meet you, and I'm married to Chad Rogers, <laughs> and we live in Jonesboro, Arkansas. It's a little less than four hours from here, and we've been there for nine years, and uh, I guess we've been in ministry for about 13 years, so. Yeah. I'm Becky Craig from Cross Point here. Um, you already know, Sean and I have been married 14 years. He was lead pastor the year that we were married. Um, I was single a lot of years before that and in a different type of ministry. Um, I started about 20, and I'm 57, so however long that is, it's a long time. It's all some different seasons. Yes. I'm Ashley. I'm married to PJ. And we have been in ministry since 1997, that many years. Um, first of all, in Zimbabwe, um, planted a church there, and that became churches, and then in South Africa for 12 years, and then here, now we live in the Washington DC metro area, and that's been for nearly four years. Um, I'm Becky. I'm married to Ben, and um, we live south of St. Louis. Uh, we pretty much have been in ministry since we got married when we were 20 years old. Um, and yeah, we've been married 17 years. That's really cool. That's awesome. Um, I'm Rachel. I'm married to Brian Barr, and we've been married for 21 years. We have four kids. We've been in ministry ever since we, we got married. We were actually in ministry before. We both led community groups, and he helped lead youth. Um, so how many years that is, it feels like a long time. <laughs> um, I'm going to start us off. I'm going to ask these ladies a question, and then we're actually going to open it up to if you have any questions for us or any comments, any perspective or wisdom that you have. We glean from each other the cool thing about how God makes us all is that not one person has all the gifts or all the wisdom or all the insight. He puts us together and there's different strengths and weaknesses and we could glean from each other and it's really a gift. So I, we want to hear from you also. It's not just about what we have to say. So um, I find that ministry has been a complete privilege and um, I think at times we can really focus on the price that we pay in ministry, which we do. It's a complete privilege, and there's a huge cost to it also. And I think that um, if we just focus on the cost, it becomes very difficult and it can be very painful. And, um, and if we just real, you know, walk in, this is a privilege, this is a privilege, which is 
beautiful, beautiful perspective, but we're not honest and vulnerable when it feels so costly and painful, and we're not saying, hey, this really hurts, I need some help, that that's also dangerous. So um, I want to ask each of these ladies here, I'd love to love for you to share, um, maybe let's start low, I love, let's start low and then we'll go high. <laughs> we're going to start with... Um, one of the lows or just a low of ministry. And we'll share that and then we're gonna go high, okay? Well, I think about actually this sweet lady right here because she, I'd never had met Rachel a couple years ago. Chad had met Brian and been to several conferences and I didn't want to go. So I always found a reason not to go. Um, and she showed up. At, I mean, I knew she was coming, <laughs> but she showed up at my house. I was like, who are you? She's like an angel. And I was, You're so blessed. Actually, we do have funny, a funny story, but anyway, I'll go back. I drag. But she came and sat at my table and I mean, I was just undone. I was over it. Um, there's certainly people that have struggled far more than we have, but I was low. And she just met me in that place. And it wasn't a pick yourself up and move along, but just met me right where I was at and has just loved me faithfully and been such an example and encouragement. So I'm just so grateful for friendship and we do need each other. So. Low moment. That's the question, right? Um, Gosh, people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trying to um, just the weight of knowing so much and loving people so deeply and not knowing how to fix it. Knowing that God is definitely the ultimate, but walking with someone through that. Um, Rhonda, I don't even know if I've ever told you this, but... One of the very first things you and I did together, Rhonda is right here. <laughs> um, one of our friends uh, had just given birth to her child, and she died about 20 minutes after that. Um, and so we were in the room with her, and I remember just that was like really early into... Um, me being a pastor's wife, and her saying, Rhonda saying to me, could you pray for Caitlin and this situation? And I was speechless because I couldn't imagine that, but I had to now, I'm the pastor's wife, so I, need, I should know what I'm supposed to say in this situation. Um, and it just, it broke my heart at the same time, it was such a privilege, like you said, to be there sharing such a hard, ugly moment. But it was many times that has come to my mind as in the moment you need God, he's there with you. In the moment he just asks you to open your mouth and you do it, <laughs> not in your own strength. So. That's one low moment, but there have been many since then that you just, you don't know what to say. Okay, I had one low thing till Becky said that, and I've thought of another. Um, but one of them is, um, 
like often, particularly in our younger years of marriage, I'd often say to PJ, I wish you were an accountant. Or, <laughs> you know, and I know some of you guys have got husbands serving in the ministry as elders and you guys are involved and, you know, doing another full-time job. Um, and I think um, <laughs> the sort of difficulty of when I feel a bit neglected or I feel like he's being so stretched or the church is absorbing him, I can't even kind of blame the church because <laughs> then it's like I'm against God. And I, you know, that's like if it was an accountant, I could just blame your job and it would be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just that sort of struggle, I think, particularly when I was younger, um, of fighting to keep a love for the church and for the people that we were serving. And I'm called to that too, you know, and not just like blaming that for, for fully absorbing you. But then just also people in another light, just more a few years ago, this kind of hit us, but the meanness, the potential meanness of people within the church and the shock that it can be. Um, you know, we feel like as Christians that we should be loving each other and that should be our example to the world. Mm -hmm. And then when Christians turn on you, the kind of shock of yes. their meanness is, you know, and it's, you know, there's plenty of mean people in the Bible. And that's, you know, like Rigby and Sue said, we shouldn't, it shouldn't be a shock when we suffer, but somehow it is a shock when it's Christians. Um, and it's, that's just, just a good thing to be aware of. I'm, I'm kind of glad I've learned that lesson. I mean, not that it ever goes away, but just that is a low point. Yeah. So um, I think where my mind goes is not necessarily a certain um, moment or scenario. Um, I'm so glad you started by saying that this is a privilege because I have always counted it as such. Um, but I think one thing I find myself sometimes saying when I get a little resentful of the fact that I feel maybe a little out of control with my life sometimes, like our life hinges around ministry and the church, and it's always been that way. And so sometimes we might be at a ball game and some horrific event happens and my husband leaves me and or... Ten days after we had one of our babies, my husband left to do ministry, and I was like, I can't believe you're leaving me. <laughs> I was so mad. And he was trying so hard to be, like, you know, kind and, and encourage me. So he called, like, everybody he knew and said, I'm going to be gone, and Becky's really sad, so can you call her? Which made me even more mad. <laughs> but <laughs> he was trying. <laughs> but I, I say things like, it's like kind of like being married to a doctor, but you don't get the luxury of this amazing salary. <laughs> so you're like always at the whim of an emergency or crisis that you have to hinge your schedule around. Um, and I don't know, it doesn't necessarily bother me. I guess it's just always been the way we've lived, but that would be considered a low for me. A person who <laughs> likes structure and control, I don't have much of it. Um, I think a low or low lows for me, one would be that um, I can't, I have a really difficult time to let my mind be at rest when there's an issue or conflict. Yeah. Brian can easily cut it off and say, now it's family time. And I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, I can't stop thinking about this. And it, and, um, and it, I just, I'm like a bulldog, like, I can't let this go until it's dealt with. And it can be so difficult. It's like I go to sleep upset, I wake up upset thinking about it. 
Um, and I think God trying to teach me that you, you actually don't have control over anything. <laughs> and I want control over everything. I'm an eight Enneagram. I want to have control. Um, but it, it's just, that's one of the things that's really hard for me to have family time when there's a big issue. It's like I just can't separate. So that's something I'm constantly bringing to Jesus. Like I really need your help here. Another low is it's really hard when people leave you. It's like it's... It's easy when they're pain in the, you know, you're like, bye-bye, you know, see you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. That's not, that's not the best attitude. But, but some people, you feel like that. You're like, I hope the door hits you hard. I, I really do. But, um, and that's not God's heart for them. But maybe partly, I don't know. Um, but when it, people that you love or you've opened your heart to and you feel that you're going to do ministry together for, for life or, or whatever it is, it's really painful. And it, it, yeah, it's just really hard to, to get through. And God is good. He uses it all. He uses all the pain and all of these people leaving, people coming, people. He, leaves, he uses all of our pain for his glory, and he's so good in it, but it really does hurt. That's a low for me. Okay, so um, let's share hi. And it doesn't have to be a specific moment. It could be, you know, a few of you just saying, I love this about, or this is really difficult. So um, I, we actually had a high in the past month um, where a woman showed up to church, and um, we are doing our services outside right now. And right after I went to go talk to her some more and she was just un, like completely undone and super vulnerable. I literally, I mean, it was just in a really, um, it was a sacred moment. And I don't know the end of the story with that, um, but it was, um, all I can say about it without, because I don't want to give too many details, but like it was probably the fastest that I've seen the spirit work ever. And we've been in ministry for years, you know? And so it's just God's work. I mean, it's just like, I did nothing to bring this person to our church and he was at work. So I don't know, it's just encouraging, like, you know, that God is the one that does the work. I love when the, all of our pastor's wives can be together. Um, There's like a, there's a vulnerable, like there is here yes. in, in shared experiences. Um, there's a vulnerability that happens and just the ability to really share your heart and to feel like I'm not going to be stomped on if I say yes. something that maybe is not popular. Or So I think, you know, it's unrealistic to think you're going to have a really wide range of friendships, yes. deep friendships. Yes. Yes. But I'm so grateful that I get to share life with these ladies and I trust them. So that's definitely a high. Beautiful. You keep stealing my things. (laughs) (laughs) We can move it around. No, it's awesome. Um, Ash, maybe bring, is it, is her mic a little echoey? Is it just where I'm at? Yeah. I thought it was just me hearing myself. Is that better? Um, We had um, two people. I remember early in ministry, we had two people say things, one which has never been true and one which was true. Um, One was, you'll get paid like paupers, but you'll live like kings. And the other was, ministry is a very lonely place. You won't have meaningful friendships. 
And I remember thinking, that's a stupid thing to say. Um, <laughs> I'm just so grateful that we've been in church families where the pastor and his wife are not removed and on some weird pedestal and you can't be friends with people in the church. And I know some people do have a church life like that, but we just haven't moved in those circles. And we've got a son getting married and we've just had that recent tricky task of going through making the guest list. <laughs> and I think we were impossible. Like, we've got so many friends around the world, you know, and we've had the pain of leaving country, leaving a country we love, leaving family and friends, but we've also got the blessing of amazing friendships in so many countries. And, you know, like I absolutely love this. I love the privilege of what we get to do. And we get to go to the East Coast one and the Central one. And, and I feel like I'm a part of every gang. And I agree with what you think, what you said in terms of meaningful friendship. I think we all need a couple of really meaningful friendships. And I think if we're struggling for them, we should ask God for, for it. Yes. You know, we need to, that's something I prayed for. I prayed for older women yes. in my life. I've prayed for younger friends. I prayed for peer friends who are the same age. Yeah. We really need meaningful friendships, whether in or outside the church Absolutely. for our own health. Um, but I also am enormously grateful for the, the wealth of friendship. Going home last night, I just said, I, I love being at this now because I feel like I know people. You know, yeah. the first few when we would come, we were getting to know each other. But I feel now like I know people, I know things about them. And what a gift to have that sort of span of relationships. And that happens within a local church as well, you know, to know that many people and to be the, the privilege of being let into people's lives. And yes, it can be exhausting and painful and whatever but it's also a huge privilege Absolutely. and you you get to see them make progress in the lord Absolutely. um yeah that's that's a great joy well i guess the lord really wants to hit this one home because i was like oh she kind of stole what i said i was gonna say um but i yeah, exactly. i can't think of any other um occupation for lack of a better word that is so um, unifying in the fact that it, like we have such a diverse group of people that we know, that we love, and that also are praying for us throughout the year. Um, and so I was actually thinking like my, my high could actually be my low, like yeah. as Ben touched on like a couple years ago when we really like my whole, uh, our whole ministry years had been like, I'd go to stuff like this and I hear people say like, this is so hard. And I was like, this is really not that hard guys. Like <laughs> it's, we're pretty blessed to be in this position. Like it's amazing. Like the Lord is so good. He provides for us. And yeah, I've had hard days, but it's, this is still a blessing and a privilege that we get to do this. And then a couple of years ago, it was like, okay, yeah, now I get it. And Matter of fact, I'm going to tap out right now. <laughs> and so I say all of that to say uh, it, the voices that I heard were probably mostly mine. But all I heard during that time was, you are not qualified for yeah. this. And you are a failure. And a million other things I heard was, you know, from like I said, most of those voices were probably mine, but that's all I heard. And you know what? You're not good enough for this to be a pastor or be a pastor's wife. You should just quit now. But the voices I heard from our friends that were in the battle with us from around the world were the voices that I know God called those people to say those things. And 
people showed up at our house that we hadn't even told anybody things were going on, and people in our local community that were friends with pastors showed up at our house, sent flowers to our house, a million other things, and then as you take that out wider and wider, people around the world were calling and giving us prophecy and giving us scripture, and I can think of no other calling in life that that happens and you know it's just a cherished thing that we have that yeah it is hard now I can say yes it is hard and there are days and unfortunately sometimes years that are really rough but man who else in the world could have that that you have people that are like whatever I'll get on a plane I mean we have people saying we will get on a plane and come to you I can't think of any other calling or occupation that you get that luxury that's excellent. That. Has anyone else in the room ever felt disqualified, incom- uncom- incompetent, um, not gifted enough, not able enough? I think we all have at times. And, and I think what it's so great, it, it has to drive us to God because we aren't competent in ourselves. But he says when he calls us, he makes us competent ministers of the gospel. And so that's encouraging. And I I think it's really important for us to know that we aren't called to be women that have it all together. Like When we were first looking into advance as a church, one of the things that I loved about Ashley so much was she was this open, transparent book. And she was very honest with shortcomings or frustrations. She wasn't trying to pretend or hide, um, but she also was very passionate about Jesus. It's not just, well, I am who I am, and this is my, these are my weaknesses, but yeah, man, this is, this is what I'm going through, but my eyes are on Jesus. And I think people, when I saw that, I thought, I could follow this chick. And as, she, as we follow Jesus, I think people love leaders that are vulnerable and transparent and know that we are not competent in ourselves, but our God, he's called us, and he is sure going to give us what we need to lead and love you, and, and so that brings courage that you can look at somebody and say, well, they actually don't have it all together, but God has called them, and he's using them. He can use me, so I love that you ladies are being open and vulnerable. Um, that's awesome. Um, for me, a high is that God Almighty is building his church, and it's really awesome to see. When in, in myself, I look at people, and I think, man, there's really no hope for them. You know, you think, I mean, can God ever change them? Like, they just seem to be going nowhere. Nothing's happening. There's no fruit. There's no, <laughs> and we write people off. God never does. And so I love, love seeing that God is on the move and he's building his church. And so people are being healed and set free. And people that are, once were addicts are not now free. People that were abused and, and broken, God has healed them and made them whole. Like this is a high of ministry. This is why it's such a privilege. Like we get to lead and love people and point them to Jesus. How cool is that? I mean, that is just the best thing in the world. And so I love that. And I just know God is committed to his church. He loves his bride with all our flaws and imperfections. He loves his bride and he's committed to building his church and to his people. Mm. And that's a real high. We get to be a part of that. That's exciting to me. Like, woo, we're following, you know, ultimately we're all following Jesus. And so that is just the coolest thing to me. So um, I want to talk a little bit about... um, 
I want to I want to actually give a, give some time for you guys to if you have any questions or anything that we shared hit something on your heart that you'd love to share with us. We want to hear from you. I'll come with the mic now, but I, I want to get into a little bit of insecurity and in ministry. And so just let your thoughts go there because I'm going to ask some questions in a little bit. But does anyone have anything that they want to share out of the things that we talked about, high highs and lows that you feel like you'd love to share? I was walking to you, Steph. Yeah, I was going to hand the mic to you, but I didn't want to be so bossy. <laughs> you can boss me. Um, about 10 years ago, my father-in-law and uh, his wife, who's Eric's stepmom, were in a car accident, and she uh, died immediately, and he had to rehab and grieve at our house for about eight months, and um, had a pie business at the time, and three kids in school, and taking care of him, and I remember one day, I just, I was so depleted, I was just so, in so many, pulled in so many different directions, and I thought to myself, my days aren't my own, and I felt God immediately say, sweetie, they never were. They never belonged to you. And you just now really see it. And I've never forgotten that moment as um, Eric and I have led. And um, when we get to the end of ourself, and I do, my, my downfall is self-pity. Like the moment I'm tired, the moment I'm taxed, oh, like, poor me. Um, and God says, your days have never been your own. It's okay. You can trust me. Anybody else have a comment or question? Yes. I'm Christina Jackson, and my husband is an elder at the bridge, Becky. Um, oh, this is what I wanted to say, is the sovereignty of God. I'm taking a step back. Um, but um, because I'm, I just retired from being a school teacher for many decades, and I was reaching out to the ladies that are still teaching and the challenges that they fit this for this year. And also, um, so God was really immersing me in the, his sovereignty, meaning nothing passed, you see it, whatever happens has already passed through his hands, given his approval. Out of nowhere, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer since I saw you all last year. And um, that hit me out of nowhere because I've had it before and I was cured, you know, so you don't expect it again. But that happened. And then um, some of you may know that my dad was just diagnosed with COVID this week. And that's been very difficult. But I'm reminded that God says, I already have it. You know, I, I was able to do that with the cancer, but I haven't had a chance to process it yet with dad's COVID. But here's what I really wanted to say, <laughs> sorry, is that, you know, God, there's time. Um, of history, you know, from the beginning of time till the end of time. Do you know, I want to encourage the pastor's wives and the leaders, God has chosen each one of us to live right now yes. in the middle of the pandemic. Now, we, yes. he could have chosen us to live when it was peaceful and nothing's going yes. on. But you know what? He chose each one of you individually to live exactly where you are, yes. to plant those churches, to grow that community. And he has equipped you to do what he's called you Amen. to do. He has a purpose. And we already have the victory in the hard times. So I think that's been a theme all weekend. Amen. So good. So good. Any of y'all have a question for any of us? Oh, Courtney? Okay. I feel like Oprah. Oh. <laughs> you get a car and you get a car. Uh, um, 
so yeah, my question, which I actually had like wanted to have a one-on-one -on -one with you about this, but now I'm gonna have a one-on-20 -on or whatever, 30. Um, but I would love thoughts from you ladies on, um, as we've continued to grow and being community group leaders and now husbands and elder, like finding um, thoughts on relationships with other women in your church. Um, our church is growing and I'm finding, my personality is I'm, I wanna be transparent and open with everyone and I think that's important. But there is a certain point at which we have to be careful as well. So you have your ladies who are your close people, but then also wanting to protect against, you don't want your church to be a clique, you know, where like, well, we're all cool and we hang out together because we're the pastor's wives. And, um, and I have close friends who are not on this team as well, but just, um, just talking through like, you, Rachel is so good about, she makes someone feel like they're the most important person in the room in that moment that she's with them and connecting with them. And I feel like that's so beautiful, but yet knowing that you're not best friends with everyone in your church. So just kind of navigating that, I would love to hear thoughts on how you ladies have been in ministry for so many years and have navigated that maybe well, maybe not well at other times. So Awesome question. Good question. Uh, I think uh, you, you get to hear from me all the time, Courtney, so I want to hear from these girls. <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. Yeah. Um, I think it is so good, not particularly as maybe the elders' wives, to become a group that's clicky and yes. exclusive. Um, I'm also probably like an oversharer, and I've sometimes shared something, and I'm like, ooh, that didn't seem to go very well. <laughs> um, I think maybe feeling out those moments, like sometimes you're with someone and they've shared something with you, and that's a good time to say, actually, I've struggled with something similar, or you know, there are moments when you feel from the Holy Spirit, this is appropriate to kind of share that. But I've probably had to learn what you said, this sort of sharing of like, I don't have to tell everybody everything I'm struggling with and everything that's going on in my mind. Um, but it, yeah, so I haven't had to fight against the open yourself up and say something true. Yeah, anyone else? I, um, that's a great question, because I actually pray, one of my biggest prayers all the time is for discernment. Um, and I mean, that the fact is, at least in my experience, you're not going to be best friends with everyone. And people, everybody wants to be your friend. And learning the art of, of listening well, um, you begin to kind of pick up on things that are common interests, or and then you kind of test those waters. I mean, it's, it takes a long, just as it does with any friendship, it takes a while to really establish a, a firm foundation, you know? And then it also takes, takes risk. I mean, you begin to build relationships with people, and then you see that, whoops, I shouldn't have probably trusted them like I thought I did. And, and you go, okay, well, next time my, my little flag is going to maybe go. It's, it's, you don't want to put those things on it, but you just you kind of have to. And I think it's also based on your personality. You know, some people just want to be surrounded by people all the time, and they are so good at that. And, you know, I'm one that gets refreshed by myself. So to when I've had a lot of people around me or, you know, I, I need to then retreat. And some friends in my past haven't necessarily understood that because they thought that that was kind of a rude thing. 
so you just basically, you need to, to kind of know what you're, be confident in what you need, and then you begin to take baby steps, and at least that's, that's what, what I've done. Okay, sorry, here I go. Um, d just two other things I thought of. Um, one, uh, I try to cultivate friendships with people who are different to me, because it's easy That's to kind so of film good. a group with like, I like her naturally, so I just want to hang out. So I've always got friends who are older than me, younger than me, single. That's important. We've got single ladies in our church, and we tend to talk about being married or kids and being sensitive to like, what is it like to be a single lady in our church? Um, friends who are not the same color, same ethnicity, because that helps keep me broad and sympathetic and compassionate, but also fun. You know, different friendships bring such fun. So that helps protect against cliques, but also how to share yourself, how to listen with people who are different or in a different life season. Just one other thing from what you mentioned, sometimes, it's okay to say no. Yeah. I can remember a couple of situations where I felt in a friendship they are expecting or asking something of me that I can't give. Yeah. And I find myself like, <gasps> and I don't really want to hang out. And you know, trying to pin me down to things like, I'd yeah. like to meet with you every week yeah. and we will pray. And um, I've just realized it's okay that yeah. for me to say no. And maybe not just like outright, I'm not gonna be your friend but just to work a way that I can remain friends with that person, but only give what I'm prepared to give. And I think that's not in a selfish way. It can be selfish, but just sometimes it's like, I'm not gonna be best friends with her, and that's what she would like. And I have to kind of carefully walk through that and maybe put a little bit of distance that I know is then, hopefully she doesn't, and I don't know, maybe I have hurt some people, but sometimes it is okay when we're feeling like this is more than I can give, and I've had to decide to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to constantly give that back yes. to the Lord, because I've got a really high guilt meter, and so I feel like, gosh, okay, I wasn't, that person needed to spend time with me, and I didn't, so maybe they're going to, you know, go off the deep end, and, like, I'll take on that, like, ownership, and, right. And, and learning, and she said, and you're not, but you're not their savior. And that's exactly, that's exactly right. It's, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> it is. And everybody's different. Yeah. And I think you, you had said, Becky, that um, really when you are a leader or you lead the church, people really want to be your friend just because you're a leader. And I don't think that's necess always wrong. I think there's a, a desire to want to be in friendship with people that lead them. But, um, I mean, I've had people come up to me. They've been at the church for a few weeks and just said, the Lord told me we're going to be best friends. <laughs> and and I, wish I, I wish I handled those things with grace. But my response is, well, I have said I don't think that was the Lord because I have best friends already. And... <laughs> They ended up leaving the church. But, you know, I don't respond that way to everybody. But sometimes when I feel like there's this ungodly pressure, my reaction isn't just to be quiet. And we're all created different. Our personalities are different. Not everyone would handle this way. But mine is to, to instantly rise up and say, you're not putting that on me. I'm sorry. That was not the Lord. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. But... Um, well, I wish, you know, I wish I had more of this, but I mean, I think just, we don't have to be harsh, but I think we can be honest also and free. I mean, Jesus had his, 
his two, his two besties, and then his disciples. And we really aren't meant to, I always say, you have to be vulnerable with someone. You don't have to be vulnerable with everybody. I love to lead vulnerably and be honest with struggles. But there's some deep, deep things that I do not share with everybody, but I do share with someone. So I think that's really important. That was a great, great question, Court. Any other question? Okay, I think we actually need to, we're supposed to be done at one, and I want us to spend some time praying for each other. So we won't get into the the last few things I wanted to um, talk about, but I wanted to encourage us with just three things, or maybe four things. Let's see here. Um, in, In this ministry, it's so easy. We can compare ourselves to other leaders, other leaders' wives, um, and we can uh, at times be insecure or overwhelmed or frustrated. And I think, again, I just want to encourage you, it's important to share your struggles with somebody. Don't keep those things hidden. Let Go to somebody that you trust and open yourself and just say, I'm really struggling here. Don't keep it pushed down. Don't keep it hidden. There's freedom when we bring things to the light. And ask someone that you love and trust to pray for you, to help you, to speak some truth to you. Um, But I think it's important for us in this ministry, ladies, that we look to Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. No spouse, no friend is meant to be our everything, fulfill our, our every need. Only Jesus is meant to do that. So in ministry, we need to look to him, keep our, our gaze on him, and keep focused on him. Allow him to fill our souls with the things that we need, our spiritual, our spiritual needs, our, our physical, all those things are, are met in Jesus. Friends are a gift. Our spouses are an incredible gift, but he's our ultimate. Um, and I already said, be honest with somebody, not everybody. And we need to preach to ourselves in this ministry, not listen to ourselves. When I listen to myself, I can get in a funky spot. But when I'm preaching the truth of who my God is and what his word says, it's like my soul is filled with courage. And so just remind ourselves when I get in stinking thinking, because I I tend to think so stinking. And, um, And I just, you know, it's this huge snowball and it's like just gross. And I, I, I'm thankful for a spouse that says, you have stinking thinking, go to Jesus. It's like, stop, like, er, stop listening to yourself and preach the truth of who God is and what he says. Yes. And that's an amen there. Um, I think it's important for us ladies to have gratitude um, for what we do and not just focus on the pain. We already shared that. But it, it's such a gift to push people to Jesus. Um, and lastly, I think it's important that we're convinced that God has called us to do this. We're not called to do this because God's called our spouses to do it. We are one. We're a team. Um, But I'm pretty convinced when it's a church fast or a church meeting that I am like, I really don't want to go to this tonight. I'm pretty convinced that, but God, you've called me to be a part of leading and loving these precious people. So I'm going to get there. When times are hard, it's not, well, you called Brian to do this, God. And it's like, no, God, I know you have called me to do, to be this man's wife, to be in ministry for such a time as this. I love what Christine said. For such a time as this, you've called us, and you make us competent. You will, but, but I feel completely convinced that this is the call that the Lord has given me. Not my husband, um, but the Lord has given me this call. So... We're going to spend some time now praying. So I want you just to break up into groups of, should we do two or three? What do you ladies think? Two. Yeah, so we have more time. Um, But any last words from you ladies? Any last little 
couple beautiful nuggets. Thank you for those beautiful nuggets. Love you, ladies. Okay, so break into groups of two. And anything that we shared that you just is burning on your heart, you're needing prayer, um, let's pray for one another.